Hello there, this is Guru talking to you about Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain how. First off, it is absolutely free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more providers. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello there, this is Guru talking to you about anchor.fm. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's completely free. Second, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Ballistic Podcast, as usual. Varun, Vikram, and Guru here live for another episode of the Ballistic Podcast. I know Vikram's loving our show, huh? I crack, I crack up every time you make that opening, man. Thank you. That's the whole every point. Time. That's the whole point. We got more shocking news. I mean, last week, we had a lot of news. This week, even more shocking news. The right. first thing, Blake Griffin, Mr. Clipper, as they call him. Traded to the Detroit Pistons out of nowhere. This happened randomly out of nowhere. I was shocked when I heard about this. Traded for Avery Bradley, Tobias Harris, Bubba Marjanovic, and then a first-round pick and a second-round pick. Uh, would you like to go first, Vikram? Your thoughts on this trade? I have no idea why the Clippers made this trade. I mean, I get it, but at the same time, I really don't. Uh, from a franchise perspective, it's just bad form when you trade away somebody who you wooed as a clipper for life. I think they built some sort of museum for him during the recruiting pitch. They, they made a shirt for him where he was like next to Muhammad Ali. Oh, I remember. And, and Martin Luther King some Jr. Greats, yeah. And <laughs> he should have asked for a no trade clause. He really should have like banged the table for that, but he didn't and he got traded. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean they call it the NBA business. I right? like we understand that being fans of the league for such a long time, but like this is cutthroat. Yeah, throat business. I think it's also a very poor long-term decision for the Clippers because you're basically saying, okay, we're good with Tobias Harris and Avery Bradley. Now, notwithstanding the fact that they looked really good in the first game as Clippers, so you know, on one hand, that's one thing to look at. But I think the biggest issue is just from a recruiting perspective. Who the hell are you going to get to come to the Clippers? Why would you go to the Clippers if you can go to the Lakers? If you're if you're both rebuilding teams, I'd rather go to the the team that has history, young talent, and Magic Johnson than I would to the Clippers. So I'm not sure what the Clippers really gain for for themselves long-term and, and their ability to rebuild. So I think long-term, uh, Woj was saying that they wanted cap flexibility long-term, which is why they gave away Dude. Griffin's fire contract. I said this last but, year, or last week too. <laughs> cap space for what? Are you really... But, but just, you know, just to uh, uh, going forward, I think they wanted to get younger, but they wanted to stay competitive and they wanted to keep their options open. Is... Uh, those were the primary reasons for the Clippers to make this trade. I got past, it. But past, past 2018, their only contractual obligation is Danilo Gallinari. So, I mean... So, a hefty contract. Yeah, a yeah. hefty contract. And, and well, he played really well last night, so... I, he's been injured all season. Yeah, I, yeah. I will uh, Danilo Gallinari is a good player, so I'm not too worried about that from a but contract issue. I just but. want to bring up the fact that... I mean, I get the trade for both teams, right? So, Pistons make the trade because I think... They want to win. Stan Van Gundy feels pressure. And he needs to make the playoffs to show some kind of progress, right? And he needs to put butts in seats. Yeah. Yes. No Little Caesars Arena, right? Brand new arena. They're barely filling it up. I think they said they have the second lowest uh, attendance ratio given the number of seats they have. It's a new arena, too. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, usually you have a lot of people come into a new arena just to check it out. But they need to up attendance. Blake Griffin is definitely a highlight-worthy player. He's definitely a, a name that will draw attention from the Pistons perspective this trade makes perfect sense right you got to go get the best player you can especially when you're a smaller market like Detroit he's probably the best player they've had in the last 10 years frankly yeah and they and they gave up like pretty much all their wing depth 
for it, but I guess, I guess it's worth it because, I mean, you're getting a player like Blake I mean, you, you gave up Avery Bradley, who was probably not going to re-sign in, in Detroit. Yeah, I think right. Tobias Harris is probably the only thing you really well, gave Well, up. you never know with Avery Bradley because you don't know what kind of contract he's going to get. Dude, how much somebody's going to pay him more than Detroit was going to. That's, we don't know that. I mean, I, if they I'm, made real progress with Avery Bradley, it's possible Stan Van Gundy falls in love with him and then he wants that's to resign. That's true, but if the, Pistons, if the Pistons want to go far in, in the playoffs with the present, as, with the team that's you're presently constructed, that means Stanley Johnson has to step it up. Oh, God, And he, he has a little bit in the last couple of games. Yes. He has definitely shown some progress. But I want to talk about the Clippers' perspective, okay? So sure. I get it, right? The cap flexibility. I don't get the timing because they were on a run when they traded yeah. Blake Griffin, they were about to make... I mean, they were they were there at the eighth seed, right? They were playing really well in that stretch. And it looked like they were going to make the playoffs at that point. And then all of a sudden, whoosh, see ya. Right? This, the timing did not make much sense for me. Well, for me. actually, it made a little bit of sense to me. Uh, I think the idea for them was, hey, we're playing about 500 ball with or without Blake Griffin. We're probably going to make the playoffs either way. So why are we why are we holding on to an asset that's not really helping us in that I think, sense? I think this trade consummated within one day because earlier in that day, Woj reported that Avery Bradley was on the trading block, which I mean is not surprising, but it makes sense that Avery Bradley is on the trading block and the Clippers were talking to him and Doc Rivers being his former coach and everything. Right, right. They're talking and like one thing leads to another, but I obviously you don't expect this. But. I just don't think it's a very smart trade for the Clippers because it looks it looks bad from a loyalty perspective, right? Like, why would any player come to the Clippers if you're willing to trade your best player to somewhat rebuild? Like, it just it's a bad look. They, they locked DeAndre Jordan in a room. No, that's my uh, point, right? A, a like, this is this is how you yeah, but this is how you pay back the, your players that really that come back to you. You pay. Well, them there's back not by, much loyalty in the NBA anymore. We've seen that. Like Isaiah Thomas, that was a that was a classic example, right? Right. I mean, I, I, I still, I, but I understand all these moves from a business perspective. Like, if you were the GM, I wouldn't trade Blake Griffin. I, well, let's I mean, say, let's go with Isaiah Thomas. Absolutely, yeah. I would trade. I would trade Isaiah Thomas in a heartbeat for for Kyrie Irving. I'm yeah. fine with that trade from a business perspective. I'm saying from from a business perspective, from a basketball perspective, this is a bad move to me because I, I just don't see who do you if you're the Clippers, who are you going to go get? Who are you really clearing your cap space for? But in order to Go get somebody. You have to try, right? That's like the first step to doing anything in life. Yeah, I agree. Not, not even basketball, right? You have to at least try to woo. But what if, what if they do get Paul Paul George? I mean, then LeBron James steps into the conversation. And remember, they have Jerry West now. Sure, but I'm still going to go to the Lakers before I go to the Clippers. And, and also, I mean, uh, building upon that, I mean, they tried with this core, right? Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, Chris Paul. So Chris Paul left. Wasn't working with Blake Griffin, so they. they I, I understand them wanting to part ways with him. Sure, they're, and retool they're, they're and try something City, different. Yeah, their Lob City core is done. I understand that. I'm okay with that, but I'm also okay with the team realizing that they're not going to be a championship contender for the next couple seasons. But just because you're not a championship contender doesn't mean you need to, you need to go rebuild suddenly. At the end of the day, I said this last week, and I, I really mean it. Only a few teams can be legit contenders from year in year out. Okay, that means. 26, 25 other teams are duking it out for playoff spots. What I don't want to see in the NBA and what I'm afraid is coming is as soon as teams realize, hey, we're not in the, con we're not in the converse, uh, conversation for a championship, we're just going to keep blowing it up until we get a, a roster that works. You have four or five good teams. You have a little bit of parity there, and the rest of the teams just suck. That's what I don't want to see happen. And I see a lot of teams doing this where they're, hey, we're just going to let our star go. Hey, we're going we're gonna to buy this guy out. Hey, we're going to do this. Hey, we're going to try and tank. Like I see a lot of this mentality and, and just a side note, Doc Rivers did come out and say that there will be no other trades after this. So either there will be no other trades or he's lying. Oh, we'll, we'll see. So uh, built upon that, Guru, um, how the Blake Griffin trade transpired. Apparently a week before, Detroit contacted them, right? One week before the trade happened. I see. For six days, nothing, not much materialized. Then the, the last 24 hours, it came apart. It okay. came together, sorry. Right. So the same thing could happen with, with Avery Bradley because he's still in conversations out there. No, I mean, he could absolutely, treated. I mean, he could be on the move. DeAndre so Jordan it's could be possible on the move. he gets moved. Uh, I think the main reason they won't make that trade is without one of those big pieces, they're probably not making the playoffs. And another thing with, uh, like, from a contractual perspective with Avery Bradley, if he wants to get traded, he has to be traded alone. He cannot be traded with any other players since mm -hmm. he... Since because he was already part of the package, yeah. yeah. I, was trying the, I was trying the ESPN trade machine, and I had Avery Bradley in one of my trades. It wasn't letting him go through. Apparently, he can only be traded on his own. Right? Yeah, yeah on his own by himself. Yeah. Well, you know, there's still there are still options available to for people to sign Avery Bradley, but you know, who would like who would you want him to to go to? 
I'd love him to go to OKC, actually. Uh, that would be a, a, a good great replacement. Yeah. That's a perfect fit. I mean, who, but who would you get back for the Clippers yeah, side, right? OKC is pretty much, they pretty much extinguished all their yeah, They've got trades, nothing. Yeah. Draft capital and everything. So it's very difficult to see a trade coming from them. But hey, every Bradley, he's the sort of commodity that every team would sort of want. So I guess we'll but see. But he's a, he's a At final the right piece. Price. And the yeah. thing is, he's a final piece, right? He's not a building block. Yeah. My personal opinion. Now, you guys can disagree with me if you'd like, but I believe he is he's your fourth or fifth starter, not your one, two, three guy. Okay, fair enough. He kind of rem- he kind of reminds me of like Ron Artest for the Lakers during that championship run. Like that's the type of player like where he's your he's your kind of fourth or fifth option on that starting lineup. Yeah, he does not remind you of Metal World Peace. He reminds me of Ron, Ron Artest. Yeah. Yeah. I specifically said <laughs> Ron Artest for a reason here, guys. <laughs> All right, so now just to finish off the Blake Griffin thing. Now that he's in Detroit, how good do you think Detroit will be this year? They've won their last two games uh, with Blake Griffin. Um, they they won a pretty good game against Miami today because they yeah, were they were down they were they were injured they were thin they still won they beat them. Uh, let's say Detroit makes the playoffs because we don't know for sure. Uh, how good do you think they can be in the playoffs? I mean, if they make the playoffs this year, it'll be as a seven or eight seed. So I do not like their chances against the Celtics. Raptors, I mean, you never know with the Raptors. We discussed this last week, right? Yeah. But, but I, I sort of don't like their chances against the Celtics. And yeah, they're at a disadvantage. But next year, I mean, talk about next year, they could be vying for one of the top four seeds in the East. And, and that's when you're really talking about playoff success when you're one of the top four seeds. Vikram, do you think? I would tend to agree. I mean... You never really know. I think if there is a team to be built for an upset, you know, having Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond to, to be your pretty big front court, you know, if you're looking for an upset, you know, that's a possibility. I mean, I don't think it's likely, uh, but I kind of I kind of approached the same way I would have wanted to watch uh, the Pelicans versus the Warriors. I, I want to see Reggie Jackson come back. Yeah, I, I think that's the real question mark for the Pistons is, is their point guard, right? With Reggie Jackson, that's our, our major question. If he can come back to Mr. Rocktober... Dude, Man, I think I think Ish Smith might be better than Reggie. Right Jackson. now, he is. No, that's, I think I might rather have Ish Smith than Reggie Jackson. Starting. Problem is, the playoffs are played in April. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where the where the nickname actually came from, but yeah, the no, first no, two games, Mister October. <laughs> <played> <laughs> it comes from Reggie Jackson from baseball. Oh, so is there's that? a Reggie Jackson in baseball who is a Hall of Famer because, and he's known as Mister October because of his October uh, playoff. Uh, uh, performances. Yeah, too bad. It's played in April, right? Yeah, too bad <laughs> Fair enough. In April. <laughs> no, I mean, if he comes back to form, that team is going to be very dangerous. Uh, like I said, I think it's it's kind of parallels to the Pelicans situation where I wanted to see Boogie and Anthony Davis fight against those uh, against the Warriors. So yeah, and I I think this is very much a post LeBron move. You know, looking towards next year, like you guys said. But let's go on. Uh, Nikola Meritich also on the move. Uh, there's been rumblings about him for a while. The Pelicans gave up their first round pick. And they uh, offloaded Omer Ashik's contract mm-hmm. in the process for uh, Nikola Meritich. Uh, so obviously, they are still trying to make the playoffs despite Cousins' injury. Uh, do you think it improves their chances by that much? And do you think they make the playoffs because of this move? Guru, let's start with you. I think uh, Nikola Meritich is a great fit next to Anthony Davis. If he's in the starting lineup, I mean, the way he can sort of spread the floor and allow Anthony Davis to uh, like play his more natural center position. I think, I, I think, I think that's a great fit. Um, uh, as far as making the playoffs, I mean, sh- I, I guess, sure. I, they're, they're in the seventh seed right now, right? So all they have to do is, is sort of like float on water and hope that the Clippers don't get hot all of a sudden and they could make the playoffs. But as far as like making a playoff run, I, I, I'm going to have to see how Miritich and, and Davis play together. But I think, I think it's a good combo for sure. I think Go ahead, so. Vikram. Uh, yes and yes to your thing. It definitely improves their chances of making the playoffs, and I believe they will make the playoffs, especially with the Clippers, in my opinion, downgrading from, from Blake Griffin. So that helps you a little bit. Uh, I would say the one thing that is not great about it is Anthony Davis doesn't want to play center. Uh, that's his only thing. He keeps saying, I don't want to play center, I don't want to play center, even though he's got the right height and ability and skill set for it as well. Yeah. So it's it's kind of mind-boggling. But that was one of the reasons DeMarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis work so well, uh, That because Anthony Davis is not a conventional center in, in the purest sense of the word, whereas DeMarcus Cousins is. You think about a big man, I, I'd like to have DeMarcus Cousins as my big man. Uh, yeah, but if you if you look at it, Demarcus Cousins played more in the power forward spot even this year. Right, right, because Andy Davis was anchoring the defense. 
But I would say DeMarcus Cousins, it was weird because I felt like DeMarcus Cousins played uh, center on offense and Anthony Davis played center on defense. Uh, but regardless, he's going to be fine in that role. Anthony Davis is, is an incredibly flexible player in Cousins that sense. Cousins did take a lot of threes this year. So I think Mertich... Uh... Mertich is a fine fit. In fact, coming back from, uh, from a major injury to a player, getting someone of Nikola Mertich's caliber in terms of uh, a replacement <laughs> is definitely a good plan. Um, I think they improve. I'm not sold on their playoff chances because Denver is up there. Uh, the Clippers are still competitive despite trading away Blake Griffin, and Utah's coming along right now. They're, they've won five in a row. Getting so they're kind of getting there. Helps. Yeah. So and there's still quite a few games left throughout the season. So I don't know if they can hold the fort for that long. We'll see. I think they lost. They did. They just lost today. Um, but you know, it's a good trade. I think they're, they're really trying to make the push. I think it's once again, Alvin Gentry mm-hmm. and Dell Demps. I think their job security is on the line there. It absolutely so is. This I year. think they have to show some, uh, once again, make the playoffs and show progress. Yeah. Go ahead, Drew. You were saying something? Uh, no, like, and historically the Pelicans have not been good at holding the four, right? They've not yeah. been good at holding on to that playoff spot. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I guess we'll see. They also have to show Anthony Davis that, Hey, we're actually yeah, that something. We're... giving up first round pick, even though we're a small market team, we're giving up that first round pick to get you help. I don't know if it's going to work, but I mean, well, they have I, I think something. so. Let's be honest here. Nikola Meritage is worth a first round pick, in my opinion. Like a, a late, a later first round pick, I think Nikola Meritage is worth that. Well, if the Pelicans make the playoffs, they they'll get a pick past fourteen, right? It'll yeah. be like sixteen, seventeen. Sort yeah, of it's like a late teens <laughs> pick. It, my personal opinion is Nikola Meritage is worth more than that. As well as getting rid of Omar Ashik's contract. Like, yeah, that's they, a good thing, too. That's a very good thing. So, I mean, you look at... I think that actually allows them and gives them some flexibility for the long term, too, in, in terms of being able to sign players. The issue with Miritich was that he had an option for... Uh, they had to pick up the option. But it's like a 12 mil option. Did no, they no, pick no, it no. up? Or they haven't picked it up? They, they had to. But they... they I believe they, 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 they agreed to pick it up was what I was... Uh, really? Yeah, the whole point of this... The trade... The reason it got nixed in the first place was they weren't willing to... To, uh, yeah, the Pelicans were not willing to have a rental, right? And that's why they protected the first-round pick. I. Wow. Okay, we're having a little confusion. Yeah. Okay. So the yeah, Pelicans yeah, they're, were they're able guaranteed. to complete the deal. They didn't want to guarantee his deal at first. Yeah, they guaranteed for that his cap deal flexibility. For next year. But oh, in order wow. for them to, in order for the trade to go through, because uh, when it was initially reported, it was reported that they weren't going to trade him because he they didn't want to get his option, but they agreed to. Got it. And I think, Got it. to be 100% honest, for $12 million, Nikola Mertic is absolutely fine. Yeah. But this, again, is my... I really have to make this point because it's important. Who are you really going to sign with that other with that $12 million? Like, I understand people reserving cap space well, for... Well, you, you, you traded Omar, Omar Ashik, right? So uh, I mean, Mertic sort of fixed it in that salary slot, right? And now he can go ahead and maybe sign DeMarcus Cousins... Uh, next year, obviously. Right, right. I'm saying, I'm, I'm just no. saying, there's no reason for them to not sign him to that 12 million, yeah, which is why they is. ended up doing. There it. Isn't. But I originally, agree. they were willing to let the deal. They were willing to nix the deal over not signing that contract. Because it was a half year rental. That's the thing. Well, I mean, now they're picked it up, so it's a year and a half rental. Yes, right? now, now it's a year and a half. Yeah. Better. I, in my opinion, I don't even understand why the franchise didn't do that from the first place. Okay. Miracic has a great chance to shine here, though, with the Pelicans. Absolutely, he's going to get shots. Great for him. All right, other guy who's on the who's on the trading block, Tyreek Evans. He is the guy who's I think most likely going to get traded, like the productive player that will most likely get traded. Uh, why do you think he's the hottest guy on the block? And second, do you think a first round pick is worth for Tyreek Evans? Absolutely, I absolutely think so because number one, you look at his contract; it's one year, three million dollars, and you're only going to pay a fraction of that three million dollars. So that in and of, in and of itself is a, uh, a boon, right? And also, like going back to Tyreek Ty- Evans, I mean, the main issue with Tyreek Evans coming into this year was that he couldn't shoot and he couldn't stay healthy. He's done both this year, and it's a credit to him. And now he's a really hot commodity because you learn how to shoot and you're a guard. Hey, we want you now because you... And he's he, a playmaker, so that helps. He was always a playmaker, yeah. right? And that, that, that was sort of his thing coming... Uh, like, he was the rookie of the year because yep. of his playmaking ability. And he could play on the ball, off the ball... And he can play with the starters. He can play like bench. he can be the leader of the anybody. bench. He can do so many things for you. Now he, he's looked at as, looked like a very versatile player from a, like a team construction standpoint. I, I like Tyreek Evans. I definitely think the Grizzlies should hold out for a first round pick. I just don't know how high that pick. I mean, he's going to go to a playoff team, right? So the very it's similar to the Nikola Meritis situation, right? You're basically giving up a, a late teens, early twenties, late twenties, first round pick for for Tyreek Evans for a rental. I think that's a pretty fair trade. 
but it kind of depends on where you are and where mm. your franchise is. But I have I have a di- like it would work for someone like the Cavs, right? It, who really need an infusion of of talent? I don't know that about team. that, but but I don't. For example, I don't think it's great for the Warriors because they have a fantastic track record of drafting. Well, here's the thing: the teams that are being linked to Tyreek Evans are the teams at the bottom, right? Like Philadelphia, um, Boston is the only one, but a Philadelphia, I think. Milwaukee was also linked mm-hmm. to them. All the teams near the bottom were I'm just giving for a you some. I'm just giving you some. No, so, so my point being here is: is a first round pick really worth for a mid season rental when you're at the bottom of the playoffs, right? Uh, because that first round pick could be valuable down the line. You get a rookie contract. You get a player you can develop. Well, you because look at Philly, right? They have you have a chance picks. to lose Tyreek Evans in the, uh, you know come off season. Right. He could but, be overpriced. But if, but if you're Philly, you have multiple picks down the road. It's not like Philly's first round pick next year is their only pick. They have uh, they have the Lakers pick. If I'm not mistaken, they traded that they, away. Remember they, the Celtics? They, they traded that away, but it only goes to the Celtics if it's between two and five. If it's outside of that range, it goes to the 76ers. So they have that pick, and they have multiple picks down the road. If you like, if you just go through the picks in 2019, so this is fine for Philly so if they want to give up Philly. a pick. Right. I think they should because you know they've they've been real hit or miss on on drafting. I mean, it looks good right now, but. They've gone through a number of years of the rebuild in the process, quote unquote. So I think Philly could make a, a legitimate shot at Tyreek Evans and not be too damaged. But uh, your point is well taken in terms of you don't really want to leverage your future for a, you know a, a half season, rental. yeah, like yeah. a mid season rental, and you're basically getting him for the playoffs. That's really it, right? And uh, so an important note that I wanted to add. So. Greg Monroe got signed by the Celtics. We're going to talk about that a little later. But what that did was that, so when Gordon Hayward got hurt, the Celtics actually got an $8 million injury exception, uh, exception yep. that they could have used in a trade. And uh, after they signed Greg Monroe, that they cannot use that exception anymore since they're over the cap. So, I mean, that exception was actually going to be very attractive for a Memphis deal because Memphis would not have had to take money back. Yep. So uh, now that Greg Monroe is signed by the Celtics, they can, the Celtics cannot use that. Uh, exception anymore, so it'll be interesting to see how that you know, plays. They'd out have to use like a first round pick. Yeah, they would have yeah. to. They'd have to do some other things. I mean, for Boston, see, it makes sense because they're number one, right? They're at the top. They're fighting for a final spot, right? Because Cleveland is dying. Toronto's still there. It looks like Toronto and Washington might be their best co- competition right now. So for Boston, it makes sense. If you're Philly, uh, for me, it's tough to justify just because you might lose him. He might be overpriced, and then you lose that first round pick for nothing. Uh, so that's, that's my view on, you know, trading sure. a first round pick for a midseason rental. Like last year, uh, Bogdanovich to the, to Washington, right. A exactly. first round pick that didn't really materialize all that well. It did not. Yeah. So but he played pretty well. I mean, my, I guess my thing here is were the, were the wizards really going to draft somebody that was better for them in that season than Bogdanovich? Well, I think remember last week we talked about why the Warriors and Spurs are always at the top because... They draft young prospects. They develop them very well. And that's the thing. So I think the when Spurs, you're a playoff team like Washington, when you need some help off the bench, like their bench has been terrible throughout the season. Sure. I'm not, I'm not telling you, you that know, a rookie a contract isn't useful a or a first-round yeah. pick or any of those things aren't useful. I'm just saying, I mean, it's one thing if you're the Spurs or the Warriors, right? But those two teams are exceptional at it. The rest of the teams, it's not really that way, right? Like you look at the progression of rookies on some other teams and you're like, hmm. That team doesn't do a great job with player development. I mean, I think you can say, you know, if it, I think the Spurs can take any rookie and make him good at this Probably. point. To be 100% <laughs> honest. Yeah. But the Spurs, but that's how the Spurs draft, right? They look for certain characteristics and attributes that they can develop. And but, they also look for the fit on the team. I don't think any GM would want to look themselves in the mirror and say, we suck at player development because that's part of their <laughs> job, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, just, but when you know that that's not like your, your greatest strength, you may be more inclined to take a first round to trade a first-round pick for and, a mid-season rental. And that's like the ultimate waiting waiting factor, right? Is having Tyreek Evans for half the year worth, better than yeah, worth the opportunity, whoever right? you're going to draft in the first round next year? And that that is the thing that like GMs around the league... Yeah, that's the opportunity. Right, well, uh, you look at something like Kyle Kuzma getting drafted 27. What if that's the player you just gave up? Yeah, and... and I mean, if you're the Nets, right? That is the player you gave up, but... But at the same time, that's a once in a blue moon scenario. But that's what I'm saying. But that blue, but that blue moon is extraordinary fortuitous for the Lakers, right? Because that's another young piece that attracts people like Paul George and LeBron James. You're like, dang, they got some young talent to surround me with. So I mean, those are opportunities, right? And that's why I think Varun's point is, is well taken. 
I think it just depends on the, the particular team in their scenario. Like, I think Philly could do it, and it would be okay. But, like, Boston, I wouldn't say that that's necessary, yeah, to be honest. Yeah, I also agree with that, too. All right, let's yeah, move, on. move on. We we just talked about Greg Monroe. Let's let's expand on that. He signed with the Celtics, one-year, $5 million. The Celtics are already number one in the East, and now the rich get richer. Now Greg Monroe can come off the bench, or he can start, whatever the mm-hmm. Celtics want. The Celtics, they, they need an offense, and they get offense with Greg Monroe. He's also a pretty good passer. For a big man, how does this affect their chances? You think this just strengthens their hold come playoff time? You think they're they're still better than the Cavs, or they're still not on the Cavs level? Uh, who wants to go first? I mean, it's, it's really hard to tell if the Cavs even know what level they're on. Yeah, that's, that's also that's true. The problem, us, the right? East in general, right? And uh, I mean, I think it definitely helps the Celtics. I mean, you looked at the Celtics' problems, right? What what was their problem? One. They didn't have a scoring big man. We talk about Aaron Baines, right? Yep. His, his, his difficulties on the offensive side of the, side of the ball. And uh, they had problems with their bench. So Greg Monroe, in theory, fixes both of their issues. Now, whether that actually happens in real life, we're going to have to wait and see because Greg Monroe is going to have to get used to the system. He's going to have to uh, play the Celtics brand of basketball. And whether that comes to him naturally, we'll have to wait and see. He's going to have to play defense. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think the defensive end is where this is really going to hurt. Because uh, when you look at the Celtics big man rotation, it's basically how many good big man defenders can we throw in, in the game at one time, right? Because Aaron Baines and Tibor Plyce are, are both, or not Tibor Plyce, uh, Dan, Daniel Tice. Daniel Tice. I was thinking of the other dude. He was 7-3 last year. But uh, this guy, yeah, uh, Daniel Tice, when you're looking at these guys, they're big men that are defenders. Uh, and that's something that the Celtics really live and die by is playing defense in the paint as well. Of the number one defense in the league, and so the, and that's something that Brad Skates is going to have to figure out. How right? How I, how well is Greg Monroe going to fit in that? How situation? do I hide Greg Monroe defensively? And you can only hide so many players. Like that's the biggest thing we we have learned in this league is you can hide one player, and if it's just Greg Monroe, that's okay. But if you have to hide Greg Monroe, Kyrie Irving on the same lineup, things can get a little dicey. So, Bruin is a Celtics fan here, so we should probably ask for his opinion. Oh, I, I think it's great. Hey, man, the hey. rich get richer, right? Yeah. <laughs> I put my opinion in the beginning. Yeah, I, I think it's great. I mean, you can have offense coming off the bench. Another playmaker like Al Horford, obviously not as good, but he's a playmaking big man. But yeah. Yeah, go ahead. I would say the one thing is I think it helps them in the East in terms of their ability to, to win out in the East and make it to the NBA Finals for the first time in a bit. Uh, whether it moves the needle appreciably against the Warriors or the Rockets, I don't really think it makes that big of a difference for whoever they play in the Western Conference. That's just my personal opinion. I just don't think it really moves the needle that much for them. And, and just come a side point, you love to talk trades, but this buyout market is, is unbelievable. It's un, unbelievable, and it's really where like championship teams are built. If you look at the past and you look at the team, like the players that have come out of the buyout market and they've signed with like contenders and how mm-hmm. they help them or how they hurt them. And like Darren Williams last year is an example. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, you know, someone yeah. someone like Joe Johnson looking for a buyout. Oh yeah. Joe yeah, Johnson that's, that's to, to somebody would be like Amazing. if you're if you're if you're the Warriors and you get to add Joe Johnson, you're like, heck yeah, we will. I don't know how they would do that contractually and all that, but just from a from an impact perspective, you talk about when you have an established ISO player like Joe Johnson or anybody else who's a veteran that wants to be bought out, even like Greg Monroe, right? You look at these players that are getting bought out that get to go to contenders and really give teams an opportunity to improve their lineups. A couple of players that have been talked about, Brooke Lopez. Uh, oh, Mar- that's a good one. Brooke Lopez, Marco Bellinelli. Yep. Yeah. That's just a couple of names I've heard. I think well, Marco Bellinelli is on the trade, trade market. Yeah, yeah he's, he's definitely on the trade market. Uh, along with the Ursan and Leosova, yeah, those exactly. two for the, the Hawks. And Dwayne Dedman. And Dwayne Dedman. Although yeah. Dwayne Dedman is less of a commodity, I think, just because his skill set is limited. Limited, yeah. yeah. I agree. But he's always going to have a role in this league because he's a rebounder and a blocking big man that can finish at the rim. So He's very athletic. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right, all right. This is the fun part, okay? So Guru and I got some. We You know, we went to, to the ESPN trade machine. Oh, God. We put some trades in, you know, like... What are some creative trades trades we think could happen? And I had a lot of fun with this. I'm not going to lie. Okay. I had a lot of fun with this. I had a lot of trades in. Hopefully picked, not too much fun. I picked my three best or, or three ones that I liked. Three um, worst is what this is about to sound like. <laughs> <laughs> That's, hey, hey I, I like them. Uh, Gru, you want to go first with your trade or should I start first? I, I think this is your segment, dude. All right, okay. I'm going to go first. Sucks, okay. So I, I, All on. you. All right, All okay. You. The first trade between Miami and Milwaukee. All right? Mm-hmm. Milwaukee gets their big man. Miami wanted to offload. I mean, there's a rumor that they're open to trading Hassan Whiteside. So Hassan Whiteside moves from Miami to Milwaukee. 
But Whiteside also hasn't been getting a lot of minutes in Miami. I think he's been capped at like 23, 24 minutes the last few weeks. Just, just say the trade. Okay. Milwaukee gets Whiteside. Mm-hmm. Miami gets John Henson, Jabari Parker, Jason Terry. And I was going to say a first-round pick, but then I learned that there's a new rule that you can't trade uh, more than one first-round pick a year. Uh, you, you cannot like trade first-round picks in consecutive years. Yeah, consecutive. So, so they have to be like every other year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or right. something like that. So yeah. I don't know if they can trade another first-round pick this year because they use that for Eric Bledsoe. But what do you think of that hypothetical trade? Because I think it's great for Milwaukee. You get a guy who you they wanted DeAndre Jordan type player. They get that in Hassan Whiteside. He's there for three years, so they got some time with him, with Giannis. For Miami, I mean, they've been reducing Whiteside's minutes uh, slowly throughout the season. Uh, they got some good big men like Bam. Uh, Kelly Olenek. They got a lot of like versatile. Sure, big I men. just don't think that. Why would I take back somebody like Jabari Parker who gets hurt all the time? And I haven't seen him play yet. Yeah, yeah. I, he, he just yeah. played on Friday. He actually played pretty yeah, he well. Played, I'm not saying that he's not a good player yeah. or not worth it. I'm just saying for somebody who's got an injury history, I'm not about to offload my my max contract center. Well, but that's actually why maybe you get rid of him because yeah, he's max is, contract like, center. Dude, like this the is Blake like Griffin, Blake Griffin trade, like exactly. but worse. <laughs> But worse. Like Miami would have a little too much confidence in their player development. (laughs) Oh, but they do, right? They do. They've developed a lot of good players. Again, this is not, you know, this actually doesn't sound super unreasonable given, given what happened with Detroit and Blake Griffin. I just don't, I actually think this would be worse for the Heat than it was for the Clippers. Because at least the Clippers got two good starters in Avery Bradley and Tobias Harris back. Wait, Miami getting to being John Henson, Jabari Parker, and... And Jason Terry. Jason Terry for... for, Contractual uh, reasons. Contractual reasons, yeah. Yeah, I needed to match the finances, but... And I I was going to add a first-round pick to make it better, but I can't. So maybe a second-round pick. And in your hypothetical scenario, Jason Terry probably gets waived. Yeah. That Jason Terry almost, yeah, sure. almost certainly would get waived yeah. in this scenario. Yeah. But yeah. Miami so still stays competitive. I so mean, you're basically getting Jabari Parker. Jabari Parker's a big fish. And John Henson's actually played pretty well. I yeah, mean, yeah. Uh, he, he's, he's done a good yeah, job. He's a, he's a good John Henson is not anywhere yeah, he's, near he's Hassan He's no Hassan Whiteside. Yeah. But they weren't play, they're they reducing Whiteside's minutes. So I'm like, not saying, know, I'm not even saying they're not. Yeah. They put in Henson and Parker. And then you get a lot of Bam out of bio. Yeah. And Kelly Olenek. Hey, Bam out of bio had a great post move the other night. Just dumped all over somebody. I was like, yes. Bring back the low post. He's, he's been a bit of a surprise, huh? Because I think everybody expected him to take a while. Uh, yeah, we thought develop, he. I think he was going to be. I thought he would be more limited offensively than he is. But, you know, kudos to Miami's uh, player hey, development. He looks good. They've done a great job throughout the years developing their players. He, he looks really yeah. good. Yeah. I'm, and, I've and been impressed. So good that Rude decided to trade us on one side. Yeah, yeah. Take Jabari Parker, develop him instead. All right, Guru, what's your trade? Okay, so, uh, so we'll take turns. Um, okay, so my trade was uh, actually Avery Bradley. Going to Oklahoma City. Okay. Okay. Right. Interesting. Okay. So because that, that's like sort of the trade that's always been going on in my mind since uh, uh, what, what's his name Andre Roberson got hurt. Like yeah. who is the best uh, Andre Roberson like player that could help OKC? And the natural answer to that was Avery Bradley. Well, he's an upgrade. <laughs> right. So let, let, let me open my trade machine. Okay. And while while you do that, let's let's talk about um, how. Oh, let me just do my second trade while you're opening that up. Yeah. Okay. You, okay. You, you okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what's uh, your this second is my trade? Second, un- on the unrealistic end, of course. Oh god! All right, this is between Portland and Orlando. Okay. Damn. Wait, wait. Are you trading Damian Lillard away? No, no. Don't okay, tell me yeah, that. So I'll tell you. Okay. So Portland needs to retool a little bit. They got to try a different scenario. Sure. And Orlando's been sucking these entire years. They need some kind of player to build around. Okay. Okay. So Portland trades away trades away CJ McCollum. Okay. He's the main guy getting traded away. Him, Ed Davis, and Nurkic. Okay. Okay. Those three are getting traded away. They're going to Orlando. Portland is getting Evan Fournier, uh-huh. Nikola Vucevic, yeah. and Aaron Gordon. Okay. Say that trade again. So Portland gets Fournier, Vucevic, and Aaron Gordon. Orlando gets McCollum, Ed Davis, and Yusuf Nurkic. Sorry, man. I'm a no on this one. <laughs> so, Port- so according to the ESPN's trade machine, Portland's a win total improved by two. Orlando decreases by five. Seriously? Yeah. What the heck? So it goes by the PER. I think that's how. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. That's how, yeah. that's how that that's how that happens. Oh wow. Uh yeah no. I'm not so what do you? This. So yeah. what, what? What? Who is this trade bad for? This is really bad for Portland. Portland? Yeah. Why is that? Dude, why would I take back? I'm gonna take back Evan Fournier. Well, yeah. So Vucevic, you take and... Evan Fournier, who's still on an expensive contract, but Vucevic is on a two-year contract. Yep. Right. And Aaron Gordon's on a one-year contract, yeah. and you got a really good prospect there in Aaron Gordon. He's been playing well. well why the hell is he going to resign Injured. with me? Huh? Why is he going to resign? Well, with Portland's me? a playoff team. 
Yeah, but there's so many playoff teams. I mean, it's not unreasonable to think that Aaron Gordon would not re-sign with Portland. That, my point is, he's probably not going to re-sign with Portland. But he's a restricted free agent. So, he's not much of a choice. Yeah, yeah. No, he, he, he'd probably re-sign. Sure, but for, do you want him for a year? I'm saying after this year. Like no, after no, the he, season. he's a restricted free agent. Yeah, I know. So, so you're going to re-sign him to... A four-year contract? Maybe. Yeah. No, can. because a team will offer him like a four-year deal. Yeah. Right? And, and, and if you're Portland, are you going to match that contract? Yes. I think so. Yeah, I think uh, they Aaron would. Gordon has improved a lot this year. I'm not saying he hasn't, but is that the player you want to go all in for? Uh, he's pretty young. I, I would do it. I mean, at this point, I mean, he's going to give him. Are you going to give him close worked? to a max contract? I mean, if you have to, I think Aaron Gordon's worth Who's it. Who's starting at two guard if you're Portland? So I think it would be Fournier can play the two. He so can. you get a, yeah, you get yeah. some more size there at the two. Because sure. I mean, is still. I mean, he's not a great defender. Neither is Fournier, but at least you get some size there. Right, uh, so that's the whole so point. So Nikola Vucevic is, is probably Vucevic, the best player. And you get for some, this. you know, he's been injured though. That's the only problem. Yeah, but you you get some scoring down low in Vucevic. A you, he's a better version of Yusuf Nurkic. Yeah, small sure. forward position with with Gordon because they had they've had a glut there. Yeah, for a little bit. Portland, I mean. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I just don't like the trade. Yeah. I, I think you give up when you give up CJ McCollum. I think you really hurt your backcourt. I don't think. But Ed I think Fournier. they had to get rid of. I mean, that backcourt is not working out. It's just they need more size. By what? In the backcourt. Okay, so this again. Yeah, this is my problem. By what standard are they not working out? They make they they're a fringe playoff contender every year, but yeah, they don't the move the needle at all. They're they they can't make any improvements at all because they're filled with bad contracts. They have got to try and retool if they want to compete. So can they compete? Well, I think this is better because now they got a front court that's that's fairly good. Is they it can be okay? Fairly good. Let me, Aaron let me Gordon, rephrase Vichy this question. Is pretty good. Is this competing with the Warriors, Rockets, or Spurs? Uh, the Spurs, maybe. Yeah. I don't think so. Like that's my problem. I just don't Probably think not. this does not move the needle enough for them. But for then me why to make keep the McCollum if you're not going to compete at all? Hmm? Why keep McCollum then? Because he's on a nice four-year deal for me. Uh, he's making twenty-four million a year. Oh, is that what that one says? Oh, yeah. my bad. <laughs> yeah, I, I read the numbers wrong. I was like, <laughs> oops. Yeah, no, but I still keep McCollum because he's one of the best two guards in the league. Did he score 15 three quarters? Yep. Yeah. He just okay. scored 15 three quarters. But, but where are you going with that backcourt? My question is, but this is true of most teams in the league. You're making right. a point and so for back it. to our point, you have to try something new if you're, the old formula is not working. You have to try something new. I got it, but I'm not about to blow up a team that works. In hopes of it's not exactly blowing it up. You're just retooling. You're not. You're not. You're not losing more games. It's sort of. A, it's sort of. A, it's sort of a push in a way. Like I don't see Portland like like um, breaking their ceiling with this trade. You know what I mean? That's yeah. And that's what I'm saying. I I, I just don't think it moves the needle far enough. Like so, it, it's possible. It depends on how Aaron Gordon develops. In sure, this trade, right? Because he's still very and young. whether or not Portland intends to match that yeah. offer. I don't know that they will. Because yeah. I think they're trying to maintain their cap flexibility. For what? I have no idea. And, but and who, who is Orlando getting again? I just closed it. God damn it. But they were getting um, they were getting McCollum, Ed Davis, and Yusuf and Nurkic. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Orlando for Orlando, it's, it's let, basically let's let me let's see McCollum. what yeah, let's yeah. see what we can get out for McCollum. And yeah. Yusuf Nurkic is, is a good center to replace with. But he's, he's on his final year, so yeah. But I mean, he's I mean he's going to command some interest. But all right. Okay, ready for my final super unreal. Oh, okay, actually, Guru, why don't you do your trade? Yeah, okay, I I do have one trade. I think it's a I think it's a little realistic, but I mean it's it's a trade that I would like to see happen, but I don't think it will. But anyways, I'll just say it. So uh, I've always been a big fan of Avery Bradley going to the Thunder. I think it would be a great move for him and the Thunder as well. So uh, and and if you look from the Clippers' perspective, they want a first round pick, but OKC doesn't really have one to give. So instead, I give them Terrence Ferguson and Alex Abrines, and I give the Thunder Avery Bradley. Huh. Okay. So uh, I mean, you look at Terrence. You Ferguson, give them. You give them two good prospects. See, I'm, that's I'm, a, that's I'm a good trade. I'm operating under the assumption that the Clippers are sort of tanking, and they've already traded DeAndre Jordan and Lou Williams, and they're looking to get like some more young talent. Alex Abrines is a is a good young player uh, on a on a very solid deal, and Terrence Ferguson, he's a rookie who's. Uh, Okay, so he's very high on him. Yeah, he's been playing well for them. Yeah, he's been playing well for them. And he plays some pretty good defense. He's he started. I, now I think again. that would be a good little trade. I mean, if uh, if the Thunder, sorry, if the Clippers cannot get a draft pick for him, this is probably the next best thing. Sure. Uh, yeah. What do you guys think? Sounds good to me. It's a realistic trade. Yeah, I, 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 I feel like that's happen. that's probably the best yeah. you can. And I think, as you said, it, it's if if the Clippers decide to tank because 
Otherwise, I, I don't know if they would do it, but it's a very it's a it's more realistic than mine. Yeah. <laughs> I, to be honest, the starting lineup for for the Clippers just doesn't look that bad, right? I think that the Clippers look pretty decent in terms of their starting lineup. So I mean, I think this would be a little bit of a downgrade for them. So unless they're really going for that, hey, we're not trying to compete for the playoffs anymore. I, I don't know that they would make the move. And I was operating under under that assumption, right. right? Yeah, I think that's a fair point. But I think it's certainly a realistic trade, and it's something they probably have been exploring. And if you're the Thunder, you're trying to win now, obviously. Absolutely. Right? This is your one chance. Yeah, and like I said, Avery Bradley is a great fourth or fifth piece. That would actually be perfect for them. And I was on Twitter all week reading all these un- like unrealistic trades, so I really wanted to do something yeah. that was realistic. And can you imagine Can you imagine the Thunder with a with a two-guard that can actually shoot the ball a little bit? Shoot and play great yeah. defense. Can, yeah. we, can we say Andre Roberson? Oh, my God. No more Hacker Roberson. Yeah, no, no more Hacker Roberson. At least you get a, you get a, a defensive yeah. asset. That well, can... no more Hacker Roberson anyway. He's, on, he's out for the season. You're right, right. But, Which is big. <laughs> but I'm saying in terms of having a defender at that position that can really do some good for you. All right, this is Mike. <laughs> Final unrealistic trade, and this is my favorite one of them all. Okay, so this is where Dan Gilbert and Kobe Altman go to LeBron and say, LeBron, Kevin Love is out. We can't win anymore with the score. Agre- agree to waive your no-trade clause. LeBron says, okay, all right? So Cleveland trades LeBron to OKC, all right? What the hell? Okay. It's a three-team trade, okay? OKC, Cleveland, <laughs> and Philadelphia, all right? So OKC says, Paul George, you're probably not coming back. You're hell-bent on leaving anyways. So OKC gets LeBron, Philadelphia gets Paul George and Patrick Patterson, Cleveland gets Amir Johnson, Trevor Booker for financial purposes, Alex Abrines, and the main piece, Markel Fultz, and probably a first-round pick here or there. But that's basically the trade. I love how LeBron <laughs> and Paul George are in the trade, and the main piece is Markel Fultz. <laughs> no, for Cleveland, right? Cleveland needs something, right? So at least they get something to move forward with. But OKC gets LeBron instead of Paul George. Philadelphia gets Paul George. You want me to repeat that trade again? Nope. I'm, I, I only need to hear it once. I'm good. Thank you. So oh, I love this trade. I, I, so this, besides the fact this trade is absolute BS, uh, I, I kind of want to bring up an interesting conversation here sure. that I think is actually pretty valid. If you don't know, if you're the Cavs, and uh, I say this because David, uh, the old GM, David Griffin, was on, uh, was on the starters this week and was talking about just the general state of affairs of the Cavs. But if you really don't know, like you're putting, a, LeBron puts a tremendous amount of pressure on a front office by signing these one-year deals, right? Effectively saying, hey, I get to, with the player option, I get to leave if I want to kind of tr- uh, kind of things. And it makes it makes the front office have difficulty. And putting leverage to yeah. re-sign his friends. Exactly. Yeah. So if you're, if you're the Cavs and you can trade LeBron James, do you do it like right now? Because I feel like... At this point, if you're the like if you're the Cavs front office, you don't have a whole heck of a lot to lose. It's like this, this too. yeah, this trade. While I don't think is is necessarily how I would accomplish it, because Paul George. And I, I mean, from a realistic point of sure, view, yeah. it, it's probably not going to happen. It's on the unrealistic end. <laughs> yeah, but I kind of wonder if I bet you if the Cavs could trade him, they would. At this point, like we we we've, uh, like we've not talked about this, but LeBron pretty much controls the economy of Cleveland. Pretty much. So you you could do much worse. Than this, right? You, like LeBron could just leave next summer. That's it. Your team is like in shambles. Right. I mean, right. I don't know that I want Markel Fultz back, but considering it's a his, gamble, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're, yeah, you're hoping that when he gets healthy, He's he gets good. back into that you know college Washington form where he played tremendously. He was being compared to James Harden. Yeah, yeah, he's got know? he's got a great game, and so he's still in his rookie year. So yeah, come on. I don't know, he's got Friend time. time. So yeah. they would have Marco Fultz, and they would have that Brooklyn pick. Yeah, yeah. So that's so, that's, so they're they're rebuilding, but it's kind of similar to having. Remember when they got Kyrie Irving and that was how they started their... Yeah. yeah their, but, I mean, that worked out for them, did it not? Yeah, I mean, that did. I, I, I don't know. I, I sort of had the feeling like LeBron sort of left to, like, let Cleveland rebuild. And then it was like, okay, I'm back, guys. Now you have Kyrie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was like a long-term plan. Yeah, long-term sure. Master plan. Well, we never know what LeBron wants to do. But from the, from the Cavs' perspective, you know, from a pure basketball business-oriented perspective... Kind of wonder if, if it's advantageous for them to try to trade LeBron. I think it would be, but I mean, I don't think they're going to be able to. But you yeah, know. but I mean, Kevin Love is out for two months. Yeah, so I, I, your I, prospects I mean, look sort of low. Interesting if you think about it, right? Because in 2010, LeBron probably went up and said, "Yeah, like your cat, your team is shit. I'm going to leave, rebuild the team. I'll come back in four years." And and, and, he, and he did that. Now it's like 2018. It's like exactly four years. Like okay, the team is shit again. We need to rebuild the team. I'll come back. Yeah, I'll come back in four years. I'll be like 35, but I'm still going to be balling out. 37. 37, excuse yeah. me. Yeah, whatever. However old he is. 
I just I don't like how he signs the one and one deals. I think it makes it really hard for teams to. Which you know, if he leaves this year and whichever team he goes to, you think he's gonna do another one year deal? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. I think he's he's just bouncing around for another championship at this point. I don't know if he'd do a one another one year deal though, because see, a part of the reason why he was doing this one year deals was because the cap was was jumping from one value to another. Like if you look at the sure, like, if he's if he's worried space. about his uh, his ability to to make money over the last couple of years, he may sign a longer term contract. Yeah, so the cap jump is going to be less and less. Yeah. As the as the years go on from now on, so it might be best for him to sign a long term deal now. But I think LeBron's it's LeBron. LeBron's LeBron, and also you know depending on where he's signing, like if he signed. You know, hypothetically signed with the Lakers. You know, he's really there for the for the other aspects of making money rather than just his contract and his contractual obligation. So I think there's some other factors there. But interesting, interesting thought. I'm looking forward to LeBron Westbrook on the same team. Yeah, yeah. right. Okay, definitely got to look forward to that. All right, uh, we had some slate of injuries, right? We just talked about Kevin Love. He's out for two months. John Wall is also out for two months. Malcolm Brogdon's also out for two months. Andre Roberson's out for the season. All four of them belong to the playoff team, so it's they're all big blows, especially in my opinion, the Roberson and the, and the Kevin Love injuries. Those are huge. But um, John Wall, now he's out for two months, and Washington is 4 0. <laughs> I found that so funny. In fact, Washington has been playing tremendous offensive basketball without John Wall. I mean, the ball has been moving so well. They've been scoring a lot of buckets. Bradley Beal's been playing well. The bench has actually played well. I, I, I actually Thomas Sadaransky has also played well. I actually want to read a quote by Bradley Beal uh, on the style of play they've been playing while John Wall is out. And uh, this is what he said. Everybody eats. That's our motto when we move the ball. It's fun basketball. It keeps the locker room close. It keeps the camaraderie going. Shots fired. Shots fired. And you remember Gortat had the tweet, uh, you know, great team win. And then John Wall retweeted it. You know, yeah, great team. Win. Yeah, team in quotes. And, and if you look at Morrison Gorkaj, he's probably on Team Wall because that pick and roll game is probably yeah, like it's on fire. game pan. Yeah, yeah, it's probably gone with with Wall out. But but yeah, dude, Bradley everybody Beal, runs the pick and roll though. Brad, I mean, Bradley Beal coming in with the but not as good as Wall and Gortaj. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's like off the charts. But damn, Beal versus Wall again. I, I don't know. I think Beal downplayed it after all the media. I, I think this reaction. is a media up so, hype, yeah, right? I, I think, think this is more Bradley He downplayed Beal. it. He said there's nothing there. Yeah, I, think, know, I, I don't I think there's anything there. I also want to bring up a very interesting point, courtesy of our friend of the show, Jeff Sue. So he brought up oh. a point to me. Like, we were chatting like casually one time. And he, yeah. he brought up the point. Did John Wall wait out to get his knee surgery after he got the All-Star nod? Probably. And basically, what I'm saying is that did John Wall wait to get like the all wait wait to become an all star before getting his knee knee surgery? If that's would, actually true, that that's <laughs> that is pretty sad. I mean, you're you're taking all star over team team success in this and case. And if you really look at it, the timing is interesting. Well, honestly, the timing is not bad, right? Because he comes back, gets to get into end game end. And a season he's out form. two months. I mean, he's out till like I mean, the but beginning you obviously want to come back earlier, right? Yeah, you want to come back bit. earlier, maybe. If, if John Wall said, I'm going to have knee surgery. Yeah, I, I don't think, before. I probably doubt he was saying, hey, I'm going to wait till I'm a, I'm an all-star to get my knee surgery. It's probably more like, hmm, my knee is getting a little worse. I could probably wait it out a little longer. I mean, okay. I, I hope it's that. Yeah, I, I think that's just more likely because as a player, you probably don't want to play on a bum knee. It hurts. You know what I mean? You're not you're not your best and nobody wants to play Speak not their best. Experience, yes. I don't care if I'm John Ball, <laughs> but if you if you know your knee can get worse, and you also know you're not playing at 100, percent it begs the question of why you want to play, especially when your body is your commodity. But but Bradley Beal's been playing really yeah, really Bradley, good. without a doubt, I think Bradley Beal is the best player on that team right now. Hmm. Yeah, my personal opinion again. Okay, uh, what are you doing? Otto Porter's actually played. He's been playing really well too recently. Yeah, but he's not better than Bradley. No, Beal. but uh, no, I mean, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying he's been playing tremendously recently too. Mm-hmm. Sadoransky, Tim Fraser, Mike Scott. They've all been playing really Kelly well. Oubre. They've all moved the ball around very well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These so guys are good. Four impressive uh, wins without John Wall. And, and do we want to talk about Kevin Love's broken hand, or do we just want to? I mean that 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 sucks because they got they got blown out by Houston. Yeah, they 120 got 120 to 88. I mean they they miss Kevin Love, no doubt about God, it. God, they miss and everything about him. I I think it it, it just <laughs> everything means everything. It adds more reason yeah. to trade <laughs> LeBron James. No, to, again, to be honest, where are you going if you're Cleveland after this season? Because if LeBron James leaves, and he's probably going to leave, what the heck do you have left? You got the Brooklyn pick. 
And that's not even going to be a top. It may not even be a top five pick. It, it may not. The way Brooklyn's playing right now, yeah. I think I think it's like top seven. Yeah, maybe right seven, now. eight. And you're like, something. man, is that really is that really what I'm going to build but around? The in- interesting thing about Cleveland, they've had a lot of lottery luck. They've had a ton of lottery. They've had three number one picks in a row, right? Or not two in a row. row. Three, three in four years. Yeah, they've had, they had three in four years. So, but they screwed up on them. Anthony they, they Bennett, screwed. dude, uh, that was the worst pick ever. There was Kyrie or Anthony Bennett. Who else was there? Uh, Andrew Wiggins. Andrew, okay, well, they traded Andrew Wiggins not quite a screw up, but yeah. he's, I, he's not an all star either. Anthony Bennett, Deion Waiters with a high draft pick. Tristan Dude, but Deion Waiters is like balling out now before he got oh, injured, but he was but... terrible in Cleveland. I mean, yeah. he didn't do crap. He didn't, he didn't fit the system in Cleveland. See, the year that uh, they drafted Kyrie Irving with the number one pick, that was actually the Clippers pick. The Clippers traded Baron Davis along with the first round pick to the Cavs for, I think, okay, who did they trade him for? Anyway, I think they traded him for Cavs. Traded it for cap space basically to go get Chris Paul the next the, the next offseason. But that was the number one pick that eventually became Kyrie Irving. I'm trying to remember who they uh because Mo Williams, maybe? Mo Williams. Was I think, it I, Mo, think, I think was it Mo Williams? I, I think you're right. I think it was that, that year they traded Baron Davis for Mo Williams. And that and, year they drafted Kyrie Irving and Tristan Thompson, number one and number four. Yeah, which is not a bad draft, honestly. Tristan uh, Thompson and Kyrie Irving did did good things to the franchise. So I mean Besides the whole Anthony Bennett debacle, which I don't know who... That, that draft was pretty bad, though. Yeah, but I mean, his highlight reel was pretty terrible, too. It was. <laughs> like, I just... I look at it, like, even even from a highlight reel perspective... That was a Giannis a, draft. Yeah. That was the Giannis draft. He was 15th overall, Giannis. Yeah. Oladipo was number two. Yeah. Otto Porter was number, number three. Number three. Yeah. yeah, and, uh... I mean, it came out after the draft that he had sleep apnea, and, like... Why do you draft somebody with sleep? Yeah, it makes no sense. Anyways, I, I digress. I yeah, think. it was strange. He was like an overweight uh, yeah. forward at the time too. It is a three four. Yeah, yeah it was, it was weird. It was a weird person to want to draft. Yeah. Like, like tangents. We're going on tangents now. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. It's, it's still funny. Anyways, yeah. so I mean, do we have anything else? Anything else you guys want to talk about? I mean, four major injuries. So for for OKC, that really sucks. Roberson. I mean, they have already lost three in a row. I mean, I think. I mean, this is a sign of things to come. Like, all, all this activity this week only leads up to next week. So, hopefully next week we get more activity. Definitely. More, more to talk the, about. More to yeah. talk about. More guys on the buyout market. Yeah, according to NBA.com, uh, Shabazz Muhammad wants out of Minnesota. Okay, well, that's not news. No, but again, he's... <laughs> well, he's somebody who on a playoff team could be a contributor. Like, that's the thing, right? Well, he is on a playoff You know what team. I've realized? I think... Depends on the right playoff If you're team. in the NBA, you could be a contributor... On the, in the right situation. Absolutely. the right system. So for everybody, any, everybody's every player, a pro. Yeah, exactly. Everybody's a pro. They're all very talented. Yeah, I think that's the one thing we have to say is like yeah. every single one of these guys is, is a pro. They're very being talented. paid yeah. millions of dollars, all of them, to play basketball. So exactly. they must be really good at putting a ball in a hoop. Definitely. All right, this was a great episode. I had a lot of fun, especially yeah. with the, the my ESPN trades. Okay. Oh, my super realistic LeBron OKC. That's I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> I'm looking forward to Russell Westbrook <laughs> and LeBron James at the same team. I can't wait to see that. But all right, guys, till next time, thank you.